as you know, I've been traveling, so it's been particularly difficult to find the time and the headspace to dedicate to clearly constructing uh, a valuable mahmunim for you. Uh, but there are such beautiful dafim that we're going through at the moment, and it's not really necessary to go into deep technical issues in order to understand the matmonim. They're so near the surface of the daf, <coughs> one doesn't even have to dig. A matmon means a hidden treasure, and usually one has to dig deep uh, to be able to really find that hidden treasure that can be life-transforming. Uh, but in these pages of Gomorrah, you don't have to dig deep. It's near the surface. Uh, the difficulty is that these narratives that are near the surface and that are spectacular um, are also easy to misunderstand and easy to misinterpret. Um, for example, we're going to learn one on Daf Chafam with Aleph and Bet, 20 A and B, uh, about which so much has been written, both in the time of the Rishonim and, and the Achronim, um, and, and modern writers as well. And some of it is, is very important writing, and some of it is, uh, is trivial and, and, and nonsensical writing. Some of the more recent writing that, that various people have attempted in order to explain the story. Um, and so what's important is just to, to hear the story and to understand what are the key issues that have to be clarified in the story, and let's try and clarify those key, key stories. The Gomorrah had been talking about the difference, the metaphorical difference between the cedar tree, which is tall and strong and powerful, and the reed, which grows by the river and is flexible and, and somewhat lowly. Um, and, and the Gomorrah says that, that uh, sometimes we, we see cases where, in the case of Bilam, for example, who blesses the Jewish people using uh, the cedar tree as the, as the example. And it's not really a blessing. There's negativity in that. Um, and yet, on the other hand, we have cases of um, the, uh, a, a, a reed being used as a metaphor for um, the Jewish people. And that's, there's merit in that. There's value in that. Uh, and the Gomorrah goes on to tell the story of Rabbi Lozab and Rabbi Shimon. And we don't know if it was Rabbi Lozab ben Rabbi Shimon or it was Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Lozab. Um, it, it doesn't really make a difference. Both of them were extremely great people. Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon is the son of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, the, uh, the real author of the Zohar. And, and his son, Rabbi Lozab, uh, appears many, many times in the Zohar, and he has conversations with, with his father that are recorded. One of the greatest of our Tanaim, towards the end of the period of the Tanaim. And if it's Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Lozab, then, then Rabbi Shimon ben Lozab, then it is a Talmud of Rabbi Meir, a student of Rabbi Meir, an equally great personality. It's important to understand the greatness of this person. And he was traveling on his, uh, on, on his way, on his donkey, walking along the river, and he was very, very happy, but just a little touch arrogant, and we'll talk about the relevance of that, because he had learned a fortune of Torah, and he was really proud about the Torah that, that he'd learned. Uh, as he's going along the way, he meets a man who is very strange Gemara, an extremely ugly person. And this ugly person sees the great Rabbi Shimon ben Lozab, uh, uh, the great Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon going by, and says to him, Shalom Aleichem, he greets him. And Rabbi Elozab, Rabbi Shimon, doesn't respond to him, doesn't answer his greeting, but says to him, Omalo, Reka, you empty-headed person, if you are so ugly, are all the people in your city as ugly as you? And he answers, Amalu, he says, I don't know whether they are or not. 
but why don't you go to the artist who created me, meaning to Hashem himself, and challenge him and say, how ugly is this piece of art that you created? Let, let's pause there a moment. The story goes on, and eventually they come into the town, and this man sees how the city greets Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon, so amazingly, and what a great person he is. And they ask him to forgive Rabbi Shimon ben Lozab for having insulted him. Uh, he doesn't do so. Rabbi Shimon ben Lozab is devastated. He realizes how wrong he's been in the way he's treated him and pleads to be forgiven. Um, eventually, the man uh, does forgive him, and uh, on condition he doesn't continue to do this kind of thing. And then Rabbi Shimon, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben, uh, ben, Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon teaches the world a principle. Uh, that we use and that we quote. And he says, Always be flexible like a reed and not rigid like a cedar tree. And that's why the reed had the privilege of being used as the pen with which we write Sifrei Torah and Tefillin and Mezuzot, because it has that quality of, of flexibility, and we'll come back to that and explain that in, in just a moment. But right now, let's try and understand how could somebody as great as Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon, even though he had just learned a lot and he was feeling proud and a little touch arrogant, how could he turn to a human being and, and say, how ugly are you, particularly a person who's just greeted him? Now, before we even answer that question, what's important to understand is what a treasure house of learning we have in this half a page as a result of Rabbi Elozab Rabbi Shimon saying these hard, harsh words to the man. Imagine, had the man said, as he did, Shalom Aleichem Rabbi, he says, he greets him, Shalom Aleichem, imagine that Rabbi Elozab Rabbi Shimon uh, would, would simply have answered him, Aleichem Shalom, greeted him and carried on in his way. We would have missed this whole conversation. There's an amazing conversation that takes place. So, without yet justifying it, and so much of what is written about this, this piece of Gomorrah just doesn't cut it, because it tries so hard to justify and to explain and to make sense of, and to read it Kabbalistically so that it doesn't read as harshly. Let's not go that route. Let's just understand it for what it is. Um, let's understand, firstly, that enormous value emerged from this conversation. And I'm not yet justifying what Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon um, said. Uh, I'm simply saying that had he simply returned the courtesy and greeted the person, we wouldn't have had this rich, deep, wonderful conversation that leads into this understanding that Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon leaves us with, that one should be flexible like the reed and not rigid like the cedar. Uh, and, and what that means. So this conversation, he challenged him. He threw something very harsh at a person. And I'm not suggesting we should all do that, but I am suggesting we shouldn't simply be, be satisfied with simple, trivial engagements with people. When we meet somebody, even if it's a stranger, say something to the other person that makes them think. Say something to the other person that makes them stop in their tracks and reflect. Say something to the other person that initiates a meaningful conversation rather than a trivial conversation or no conversation at all. You never know what wisdom, what wonders, what, what sparkling treasures can emerge from a conversation with another human being if we're able to go just a little lower than the surface. Now let's look at the words that 
Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon actually said, calling this man so terribly ugly. Now there's no question that a person of Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon's stature, and even somebody much smaller than him, would never challenge a person and insult the person for being ugly. It just doesn't make sense. So one has to link the ugliness to the earlier comment which he makes, which is reiko, you're empty. Now I want you to imagine for a moment, and you've all seen this situation, where you might look at a young child um, engaged on his or her cell phone, looking at a screen, completely absorbed, and compare the, the face of that child with the face of the child that is engaged in a conversation they're enjoying or a game that they're playing or some kind of interaction that is meaningful for that child, and you see that the, the face change. What I'm referring to here is the charisma and the aura, the energy that a face is able to project if it's engaged in something meaningful, compared to the face of a person who's empty, a person where nothing's going on in their minds, where their expression is blank, where their eyes are blurred. And we see so much of this today, especially with young people, but not only with young people. And you can have a person whose features are unattractive, but their eyes sparkle and their expression gives radiance because they're thinking of ideas or they're talking about ideas that are meaningful and that are brilliant. And that brilliance shines even if the individual is not attractive. And that's what, what has struck Rabbi Shimon ben Alazo. It strikes him that this person is not involved in meaningful thought or conversation and there's an emptiness, reka, you're, you're empty, and with that emptiness, your ugliness is, is visible. Even if you were, were an average-looking person, it would be ugly to see the emptiness. But if you weren't empty, you wouldn't look so ugly. And are all the people in your city like this? Am I going to a city where everybody is empty? And the man answers Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon and says, I don't know about the people in the city. What does he mean, I don't know? You come from the city. That, may, that again affirms to us that he's not talking about physical ugliness because then the person could have just answered, yes, they are all ugly people or they're not. What he's saying to Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon is, ugliness, the, the ugliness you're talking about is in the eyes of the beholder. And I don't know whether you'll find those people ugly or not. I don't know how you will see them. I can't comment. But go to the Creator, my Creator, and complain to him because not everybody has had the opportunities that you've had to be able to engage in Torah and to be able to be exposed to deep thought. Not everybody has had the opportunity to feel the pride you're feeling at this moment for the vast volume and depth of Torah that you've been able to learn. Not everybody had that opportunity. And those, op the, those opportunities or lack of opportunities are sometimes the result of circumstances over which the individual has little or no control. And I'm telling you that in my case, that's the situation. And how dare you challenge me and insult me about something over which I have no control. And immediately Rabbi Shimon Miller Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Shimon realizes that he's made a terrible mistake and that although he was challenging the person in the hope of inspiring him to go and learn and to do something meaningful and to overcome that emptiness of being, uh, he realized that he'd gone too far and, he, and he'd um, criticized the person unfairly. And that's when he says you've got to understand the difference between a reed and, and a, uh, a cedar. A reed can bend itself and come down to the level of the earth, whereas a cedar only looks at the earth from a very high perspective. And when you look at people from a very high perspective, they may look small to you. But when you can bend down and you can meet them at their level, 
when you can meet a child at the child's level, or you can meet a simple person at the simple person's level. You can just flex that, that reed and bend it down so that it can come down to the level of its counterpart. Then you're able to see the world from a very different perspective. Uh, and that's the, the teaching that Rabbi Elozab Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon brings us, that uh, always be flexible like a reed, and don't be as rigid as a, as a cedar, because no matter how high you are, to appreciate people, you've got to come down to their level and see them at their level and understand them at their level and empathize with them at, at their level. Um, and then one can connect and one can uh, communicate with people in ways that are meaningful to them and in ways that it can in fact be inspiring to them. And so from the story, and there's so many things we can learn from the story, but one of the important things to learn from the story is not so much the shock of what uh, Rabbi Elizabeth Rabbi Shimon said to this ugly person. That, that was shocking, and the shock did initiate the most wonderful conversation. But what's really interesting also is to see this, the immediate, the instantaneous transformation that happens in Rabbi Elizabeth Rabbi Shimon when he realizes he's done something wrong and his willingness to learn from the simple person. When the simple person challenges him, uh, and, and asserts his own, his own thinking and the value of his own thinking and makes Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon think carefully about what he's done and what he said and where he comes from. Uh, and then Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon transforms himself and pleads and, and becomes humble uh, and eventually teaches the world this wonderful lesson. And you see the transformation that sometimes we might do something wrong and then we're criticized for doing something wrong and we become very defensive about the wrong that we've done. And that stops any possibility of improvement and growth. Not so in the case of Rabbi Shimon Menelozo. He took the lesson to heart, he reflected, he grew, he developed, and he inspired the world around him.